You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. There are opportunities to worship God everywhere, but they might be easily missed. Most often we see images of worship being done behind microphones and on stages. While that kind of worship is good, it isn't the only kind of worship we need. The book of Psalms helps us find our own unique anthems. The Psalms leads us to worship God with all of creation, remembering what God has done, even when it's difficult, because we are God's family. As we explore this beautiful collection of ancient Hebrew poetry, we'll discover that worship is much bigger than we ever imagined. What do you think of when I say the word worship? Many times we think of worship simply as singing. We come together as a faith community into a building and we worship. Sometimes we think of our favorite worship song or maybe we think about coming together at a concert and and singing worship songs. What if worship was so much bigger than that? What if worship was actually going outside and in God's creation and, and you were able to worship? What if worship is actually being able to help a friend What if worship is is actually able to express how we feel to God? Today we're starting a series called Anthem, and it's based off some curriculum that we're doing with our teenagers. And we're going to be looking through the book of Psalms over the next few, few weeks. And we're going to discover that worship is so much more than singing a song, so much more than an anthem. It's actually how we live. Worship is how we live. Today we're going to talk about worshiping with all of creation. And as we think about creation, I want you to tell me of the following things. Are they beautiful, are they useful, or are they both? Are they useful, beautiful, or both? And so I'm going to go through these pretty quickly. And so you tell me, are they useful, beautiful, or both? Someone once invented a dog umbrella. You can Google this. It's basically an umbrella that uh, that you put over your dog and it has a little handle on it. What do you think? Useful, beautiful, or both? There's an alarm clock coffee maker. When the alarm goes off, your coffee begins making. What do you think? Useful, beautiful, or both? Someone made a nest bed. It's basically a big bed that looks like a bird nest. What do you think? Beautiful, useful, or both. Someone made some Lego slippers so that they wouldn't, uh, in the middle of the night, when, uh, when they would get up, they wouldn't end up having to walk on those Legos that is quite painful on your feet. What do you think? Useful, beautiful, or both. Someone made an ironing board mirror. Basically, it's an ironing board, and then you flip it up, and then you can look at yourself, check yourself out. Retractable roof stadium. What do you think? 
useful, beautiful, or both, so that sports can happen in the rain or shine. Lastly, the Hubble telescope, which takes photos of incredible, uh, takes incredible photos of the world, of, of God's creation. What do you think? Useful, beautiful, or both? Some creation is useful. Some are beautiful. Many of them are both. Here's what they all have in common. All, creator, all created things tell us something about the person who created them. The creator of the dog umbrella definitely loves dogs, and they're not afraid of how they're going to look carrying this little dog umbrella around. I would encourage you to Google it so you can see how ridiculous it looks. The creator of the nest bed, I think they really lacked, uh, they love taking naps, and they probably love birds, and that tells us a little bit about them. The creator of the alarm clock, uh, that makes coffee. I imagine they're not a very good morning person, and they love coffee. You, you, you think about the creator of the Lego slippers. My guess is they had small kids, and their kids would leave out these Legos, and in the middle of the night, they probably had stepped on them a few times and probably said some uh, questionable words, let's just say. And so they decided they would make Lego slippers so it wouldn't hurt near as bad as when, when they stepped on those in the middle of the night. The creator of the ironing board mirror. They probably like to iron or iron their clothes a whole lot. And so instead of, and then they would put on their clothes, instead of having to go to the mirror in their bathroom, all they have to do is just flip up the ironing board so they, again, they can check themselves out. The creator of the retractable uh, stadium roofs is probably a really talented engineer that also loves sports. The creator of the Hubble telescope probably cares more about results than how things look. If you look at the Hubble telescope, it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but, they, but it, what it does do is it captures incredible beauty, the incredible beauty of the universe. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm 19. Psalms is a collection of psalms, songs and poems about who God is and what he has done. And, and, and Psalms is the kind, it's, it's kind of a manual for worship and life with God. And it demonstrates all kinds of different ways to worship God. Some are songs of praise, some are laments, some tell us about the character of God, and some are emotional and angry songs that express doubt and frustration. Well, worship is more than the songs that we sing on Sunday. It's the life that we live the rest of the week. Worship is everything that we do that brings glory to God. Even God's creation proclaims His glory. Psalm 119, I'm going to start at verse 1. I would ask that you would read, me, read with me. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm 19. It says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one, at, at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. God's creation speaks without saying a word. What part of creation most reflects God's image to you? I want you to think about this. 
and why? Is it the sunrise? Is it the sunset? Is it the night sky? Is it the stars? Is it mountains? Is it rivers? Is it lakes? Is it ocean? Is it the ocean? Is it waterfalls or rainbows? Maybe it's the thunder or lightning, trees or plants or birds or animals. What part of God's creation speaks the most to you? And what do these things tell you about the Creator? Does it talk, do you see God's power? Do you see God's beauty? Do you see God's imagination? I, I want you to think about that for a few moments. Where do you see God at in creation, in the things that He's created? Romans 1.20 says, for ever, for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. So as we look at creation, as we look at God's creation, we have no excuse for not knowing God because they reflect Him. They reflect God. The birds, the trees, God's beautiful mountains, the ocean, you name it, everything reflects God. We see God's invisible qualities. There's been several times in my life where God's creation speaks to me. I remember one time I was in Dallas. I was going to Dallas Christian College for a visit. And we were driving down this road. And suddenly the sky was just so beautiful. It was like God used the sky as his canvas that morning. It was, there was some purple and there was some yellow and there was some pink. And man, it just blew me away. And I was like, wow, God, you're such an awesome God where you just use the sky as just your beautiful canvas that morning. And I just couldn't help but just thank him for that. And I was just blown away. There's been other times that I've been uh, at the beach. And I see this beautiful moon. And just see how it just so, is so bright. And then I hear just the waves. And I don't know about you, but the waves just relax me. And so I'm seeing the moon. I'm, seeing, I'm hearing the ocean. And it's just like, God you are just so incredible to make this huge body, body of water, this huge light in the sky, and I can't help but just praise him because I feel like creation was praising him. There's been times that I've sat near a, a lake and, and just the quietness, the, the stillness, just makes me want to pour out my heart to God. And so creation, many times, it causes us to want to worship God if we take the time to notice I, I don't worship creation, but I'm thankful for the Creator whose creation helps me worship. In the month of May, we're focusing on the spiritual discipline of celebration. And this week, I want you to go on a walk. It can be a short walk or it can be a long walk. You can go on a hike, whatever you want to do. But I want you to be intentional about noticing creation. I, I want you to praise God for all that He's made. I, I know just a, a few days ago, uh, we were actually out uh, at my mother-in-law's house. And we were sitting around worshiping some of my kids and some family members. They were playing their guitar and, and worshiping. And, and as they were worshiping, I hear this bird chirping. It was like it was worshiping as well. I mean, a bird was so loud. And, and I just thought, you know what? 
I wonder if that's like God just reminding us of how he just loves worship, that even the animals are worshiping at the same time we are as, as the family was singing worship songs. Secondly, I, I want you to think about what creation tells you about the creator. What are those invisible qualities that you see in God that's reflected in his creation? In a few moments, we're going to take communion. And I want you to notice, maybe you've noticed this before, but there are several gardens in the Bible. There's the Garden of Eden where creation took place, where Adam and Eve walked with God in this community with each other, and they were able to talk and just, uh, just have this sweet time of worship. And there's the Garden of Gethsemane, a place that Jesus calmly went with his disciples where he prayed, but it was also where one of the saddest events took place, the betrayal of Jesus. And then there's another garden, and that's where the tomb where Nicodemus uh, laid the body of Jesus after he had been crucified in John 19.41, where Mary Magdalene goes and, and she, she assumes she's meeting the gardener, but in reality it's really Jesus that he had risen from the dead. Each week, we're invited to the garden. We're invited to have a community with God, to commune with Him. Would you pray with me? God, I just thank you for how your creation just praises you. And I, and I just want to join creation, and I just want to, to worship you. And just in everything that I do, as I go through my, my daily task list, as I go through uh, just getting things done, I, I just want to praise you. I just want to worship you. And as I walk outside, I just want to see your hands over everything. As we take communion, Lord, I, I just pray that you'd help us to reflect on your amazing sacrifice. And not only your sacrifice, but how you conquered death to give us a purpose for life. In your precious holy name, amen.